Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. It's great to hear that uh, jingle live in my ears. It's been a few weeks since since we've been on the air. We have Ellen in the studio. Hi, Ellen. How are you? Great. How are you? Good, good. Um, First, I just want to touch on um, Hurricane Irma, what we went through, and and the weather that we had, and we were off the air for a couple of weeks because of loss of power or, you know, family members with loss of power and, and, you know, the the important things that we had to take care of, uh, the personal issues that we had to take care of um, so that we could come back refreshed and bring you a message of hope. It was crazy leading up to... It was it was total mayhem. It was it for, was total for mayhem. about a week and a half, really. And that wasn't even before any wind hit. I know. You know <laughs> it was it was, it complete was just nuts. an utter insanity, hysteria, um, overhype. I think really. You know, I, I I I get it. I was watching the news the whole time, and I could see how their programming was amping up the the hysteria yeah and it is now if they didn't do that there would have been people that stayed well there were people that stayed in the keys but there would have been a lot more people that stayed in florida where they had no business staying so right. i think i think it's good that they do that it's not great while you're feeling it because like my my body and my mind i was like mud the day that the storm came oh yeah well you know? we decided at the last minute to evacuate and leaving here, even though we went fairly early, I think the storm didn't hit here until the weekend and we left on Wednesday night, but it, you know, it was a a terrible drive. Yeah. Um, Horrible traffic. You couldn't get off on the exits because they were so crowded. Gas and all that stuff. Well, we were able to find gas, but then coming back was an issue because the storm actually went up through Florida to Georgia (laughs) and into the mountains of North Carolina where you would never think a hurricane would go, but it did. And that's where you ran to. And that's where I ran to. And and my husband was in northeast Georgia with his father, and he lost power for three days. They had no school for a week. In North Carolina, in the mountains where I was, they lost power, and we didn't actually lose power, thank goodness, because I was working, but um, Mm -hmm. they lost power in a lot of places. They were out of school for two days, and I was telling people, when I was leaving Florida at the gas station, people were fighting at the pumps because, you know, somebody would bring eight cans, and, you know, you're running out of gas, and they get mad, you know, just fill up your car and go. They were doing that in North Carolina, too. They're fighting at the gas station. Mm -hmm. There's no water at Walmart. There's no bread. There's no peanut butter. The same things, and I'm looking at these people thinking, really? Yeah. (laughs) You know, you're in the mountains. How bad could it be? But apparently, it floods really badly. And yeah, and you figure you figure it will be different. The the funny thing is, is here in Port St. Lucie, where I live, um, they've done incredible work yes, with, with their the drainage, and it's it's incredible. Like, um, I I lost a pole in the backyard. Fortunately, it fell the right way, so I didn't lose power. It didn't pull up pull oh, the wow. um. But the the company came in the other day and drove up through the swale like 
to, into the backyard, and the city came by and saw tire tracks. And they're going to redo that whole thing just because that makes a differential in the way that the water flows. Really? So, yeah, they're, they're really, really, really on yeah. point with their, with their water system now. Fort Pierce really didn't they – got, they got flooded. And and Port St. Lucie really didn't, and we're sisters, sister cities. Well, my so. old neighborhood, the street flooded, and and I, I was looking at Facebook because I was listening to all the storm coverage, and and the sheriff's department was talking about how the neighborhood was closed. Uh-huh. Now, why anybody would be out in that kind of a storm, I don't know, but the the water was literally up to the roof of a car. It did not oh, go wow. into I one got that single high. house. No, is that is that down by the down by the water, or was it? Yeah. 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 You know, it's in our old neighborhood that was most of the houses are on the water, but yeah. it didn't. No water got in any house. It looked real scary when you know just from looking at it. Fortunately enough, there's a, like even my house. They they build them up a little bit so that it gives you a little bit of a little bit of leeway. But like your old backyard was right. Yeah, we level. were in a floodplain there. Yeah, and and we had to buy flood insurance. It never came in the house. You know, we were there for the '04 storms and the mm-hmm. you know Wilma in '05. The three, yeah. Yeah, the three yeah. that we got in a row, but um, never got in the house. And and I don't think there was maybe one house that got flooded years ago, and they tore it down and never built another one on that lot. It's still vacant. But it's just you know it's huh. it's weird to see how it, the water can come up to the street high enough to float a car. But it doesn't go in the but house. It doesn't, yeah, it's and just they never the way lost power. Engineering, yeah. That which neighborhood is, never lost yeah, power. Which is good. So, okay, back to uh, the issue at hand, recovery and addiction and all of that other good stuff. I don't, well, I don't know if it's good stuff, but all of that <laughs> stuff. Um, the topic. You know, in, in times like this, when we are in a state of an emergency or when we are – we were looking at weather, Right, mm-hmm. and the governor declares a state of emergency. Why doesn't this happen when we're looking at people and the epidemic that we're dealing with? Yes, it's just so crazy that you know. Granted, this was going to come up, and it was if it if it would have hit the East Coast, it would have killed a lot of people. It would. Fortunately enough, it did what it did. But we we have drugs out on the street. I was just reading the other day about this crazy stuff from Russia, crocodile. Called- it gives you flaky. You're, yeah, it you're dead you within crocodile skin. You're dead within two years. Yeah, it's um, it's an opioid. It's an opioid. But, but it's, it's but it's horrible. all home. But it's all homemade chemicals. It's I, it's, it's cheaper than. I think they make than, it out of something out of morphine. It's some kind of morphine. But yeah, it's morphine based, or it's or it's something opiate based. But it's all you can make it at your home in your home. But apparently, you know, whatever the high is, it's. It's yeah, well, I, it, I guess it's like an, an immediate. I, I mean, and you know, it's funny because I read the article, and I said if I ever did that, I would be one of the ones that ran until I died two years later. They say that the the life expectancy of a, of a of a crocodile addict is uh, two years, and wow. um, so that's almost worse than fentanyl. Well, because because like yeah. I'm all fentanyl will kill you in a minute, but if you um, take yeah, if you take a couple of grains, you know, I, I I say and I have said all along that the first time that I got high, I wasn't physically addicted, but something mentally, something inside of me happened, and that's what I'm sure would happen if I did that with anything else today. So that's why you know complete abstinence is is the only way to be, and and you know, um. 
people drink like fake beer or fake wine yeah. and, and all of that. And I remember we were somewhere and they were toasting New Year's or something like that. And they had the grape, the grape, whatever it was, once fake stuff. And somebody said, well, are you going to, because I had a glass of water. And they said, well, this is non-alcoholic. And I said, well, yeah, but I don't snort my aspirin when I have a headache. <laughs> you know, so why play with something? Right. And, you know, it's it's crazy in times like this when you get a different kind of a gauge because not only was I dealing with the problems at hand with making sure the house was secure, making sure the kids were square, making sure the cats and dogs were all set and everything like that, all of the functions that we need to do, I thought of the people that were out there using that don't have a home. Right. Um, and that the, probably wouldn't have been let into shelters because they don't have a license or they don't have the means to show that they belong somewhere. No, I don't think they were. You know, and, and, and and think about this. They're going to go into withdrawal because they're not going to be able to get their drugs. So they're going to be very ill in addition to all of this. Right. And, and you know, that's when all the underhandedness starts. I mean, like looting and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But there are people that were out there looting just for the sake of doing it. You know, like... I don't know if they were saving the uh, the Air Jordans from drowning, <laughs> but that's well, kind of what that kind of what yeah, that that, that kind of looked like they were doing. They were they were helping Foot Locker save their uh, supply. They were just keeping them in their trunk for them temporarily. Um, but anyway, speaking of you know like the the state of emergency, we had a state of emergency. He called it like immediately, and I mean he de- definitely he has more of an awareness. I think of what's going on within his state recovery-wise or addiction-wise than maybe other governors do? Well, because there are so many rehabs in Florida and because there yeah. are so many advocacy groups now mm-hmm. all over the state, and there are there are concentrations of them on the West Coast in Fort Lauderdale area and West Palm Beach Delray. area. And, and, we, and we did have a huge pill mill problem. And so that awareness was, I mean, and, and, and that got, that got, Scrapped. And I believe That's he gone. was the governor when that finally got. He was. He was. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, Governor Chris. Finally Christ- did no, no, something um, with that. Uh, what was what was the other governor before? Uh, Charlie Crist. Crist. Governor Crist. It started with him, and then, and then um, the recent governor got got a handle on it. Now the, the the thing about that is though is like why can't they have that common sense conversation? Like we got we put all of these resources in a bucket, and we got the people of Florida through this storm. Why can't we do that with addiction and recovery? Which is like a storm, you know? too. It, it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's, it's the perfect storm. And he it's, did finally declare a state of emergency in the state of Florida, actually, before right. the president even declared a nationwide state mm-hmm. of emergency. Well, that's why I think he, he has more of a handle on it than anybody else does. But I'm not seeing them doing anything, and I monitor this stuff fairly closely, yeah. yeah, they they did some talking. They he um he sent Pam Bondi, the attorney general, and some other people, and they went to three or four locations a few months ago and mm-hmm. and talked. But the people that attended those meetings were not real happy with the outcome. What they heard, yeah. yeah. Well, I know that there's um like like you said, ad, ad yeah advocacy. Yeah, yeah. I went to a vocational school, um, <laughs> advocacy groups, and one of them is about sober living, sober housing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's called FIRE or something like that, Florida, yeah, Florida Recovery. 
I don't know. F-A-A-R. Yeah. And, and, it, and it is an F-A-A-R.org. Yeah. And they are advocates for sober living and making sure that the places that we are entrusting with our loved ones are doing the right, right. thing. And they now. actually go out and accredit these Yeah. These and they also, homes. they also, like, investigate um and and if there's anything wrong, they they confront the people and tell them you know one you're not doing the right thing, two you better or the police are going to come. And in yeah. in a lot of times, police come knock on their doors saying, you know, get out a licensed facility. You need to shut down. Well, and there's a huge problem here in the in our area with people who have found cheap homes and bought them, and they are making money on them by turning them into so-called sober living. Right. But there there is no treatment there is no program there is you know it's just a bunch of there's people no medical, there's no medical no, clinical there's nothing. director or anything they involved. are taking yeah. money from people mm-hmm. and giving them bare bones place to stay sometimes the conditions are pretty horrific and yeah. usually you know it'll be a three bedroom house with 12 people living in it in the garage you know yeah. three or four people to a bedroom it's it's not a good situation and the people who live around these homes are angry they don't want them there well, I think I think you know, and and the bad thing about that is, is that it gives off the wrong message to the people that live there. It does. If look at my neighborhood, nice, quiet, elderly neighborhood. Um, what would happen if all of a sudden there were twelve young guys living in my house? Right, and with trucks, you know, because yeah, they're all usually over working. The lawn yeah, and, and they've got yeah. signs up and stuff. Yeah, people yeah. would have a fit. Yeah, and and so I I understand that, and if there was some kind of um, ordinance or something like that, mandating these places to do to to be to do specific productive. They, don't they do that in Massachusetts? The houses there. Um. Well, yeah, and you know, well, it's 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 done by the city itself. It's not oh, okay. it's not a state it's not thing. A state it's not thing. a it's not a county Why thing. It's done not? by the city itself. Um. Well, because it's easier to control city government p- polices itself. Mm-hmm. County government polices itself. The state really doesn't police the city they assist the city in what their needs are it's the government is different up there than it is here we don't have county the only county we have is a is a is a sheriff who they they don't patrol the streets like here like you know yeah, they, they have that's kind of yeah. like where i'm from too yeah. even though it's a small rural area they had city police and they were the ones who patrolled yeah not the county yeah because the county was the jailers right right yeah well that's what that's yeah, what exactly. it is up north yeah and um so I, I think a lot of stuff gets lost here in the in that shuffle because if you call like I think I'm in unincorporated mm-hmm. Port St. Lucie. So I think if I call a sheriff will come here. I'm I'm not sure. I have never had to call the police, but I don't know. Like what but like see there's some that the sheriffs respond to, there's some the police respond right. to, and I think maybe a lot of stuff gets lost in the interpretation there. And when one of these places pop up, it's already there stri- uh, thriving and surviving before anything's done about it. Well, yeah, and uh, they probably start off very quietly. My daughter actually went to detox in a house somewhere around here. And they, you what know, what do you mean? They had a detox facility that was in a neighborhood in a house, and there were six or eight people at any and given time. And they were medicating time. her? Yes. 
there were six or eight people at any given time detoxing in this place, and they they put the urine samples out every morning, and somebody came and picked them up. Now, right. it well, was I mean, a at very least they were nice, upscale looking neighborhood. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> and at I least was they were at least they were doing screening. I mean, but there was probably no clinical uh, oversight whatsoever there. You know? No, I I really I don't. I, it's fuzzy because it was years ago mm. during the recession when that's when people started buying up those houses. But I just remember being, and she arranged this particular stint, <laughs> not me. Yeah. So um, I, I think it was when they were happy to find somebody that had health insurance and they had somehow gotten some sort of accreditation so they could charge it. Yeah. The only thing about that is, is without medical supervision, how can you... There was probably somebody who was... There had to have been a doctor yeah. that was just signing... In name only yeah, yeah. type of thing. Well, there's still, there's still a lot of that. And yes. I, I, the, requirements, the requirements are a little bit more loose than if it was a mental health alone facility where doctors physically need or a therapist physically but needs I, to be there. I really there. think that's the sort of thing that they need to work toward. You know, very structured, yeah. very, very structured, very carefully worded requirements for these places and they need to be accredited and they need to be looked at you know just sort of like the the lady that comes into all the salons beauty salons and and test the equipment and stuff oh they yeah no that, yeah of, there has they to need be that some type of oversight yeah there has to be some kind of parameters and there really isn't but fortunately enough groups like fire uh, in Palm Beach County are starting to do that. Right. So hopefully somebody picks up that method method and brings it to St. Lucie County, brings it to Indian River County, brings it to Mountain County, brings it to all would, the different... I really wish the state would take it and sanction it. Yeah, the state probably should, but I don't necessarily know how successful they'd be in the sense of, you know, the people... Uh, Dave Ehrenberg, he's the... the uh, Attorney General, right? Right. Uh, no, he's the no, DA. He's, he's the DA. He's the DA. He's in the Palm one that has the hands-on. He has yeah. hands-on. He knows what's going on in his county. I don't know who the DA is in St. Lucie County, but if we were and relying this guy on up in Vero Beach, right? But if we—that's Indian River. If we were relying on um, the state's DA to do it, how personal would it really be? Because he would be overseeing sixty-seven counties. Well, but they do it for nursing homes. They do it for hospitals, and I think these should be considered in the same category. I really do. Yeah, they no, are they, medical facilities. No, they they absolutely should. So, if you have any uh, suggestions, give us a call eight six six four seven two five seven nine two eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. We'll be back in a moment. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is the first show live since a little bit of weather that we had down here in Florida. And I don't know if you are a listener that has listened before or if you're a new listener. Well, welcome. And uh, we are talking about addiction. And during the break, Ellen had brought up an email that she received. And you're probably going to hear my head pop in this <laughs> section. But uh, I'll try to I'll try to remain calm and, and um um, just share my views, maybe not um, forcefully, but if I do, too bad. It's my show. Go ahead. Well, I think it, I think it's very interesting. Um, there are a lot of people, including the American Psychiatric Association, who are trying to change the terminology that we use to describe the disease that we call addiction. And I got an email, and it, it is getting rid of the A word, with A being addiction. And they say language matters. When, when words are used inappropriately to describe individuals with a substance use disorder, it not only negatively impacts the cultural perception of their disease, you know, everybody thinks they're horrible people, but it creates a stigma that can stop people from seeking help. So the idea, I think, is to change the terminology so maybe the stigma won't be quite so bad. So, Stop right there. It- <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It, it's in everyone's house. It is. It's in everyone's house. That would be that would be great terminology if it was 20 years ago where there were people morally looking yes there are a lot of people that still morally look at us addicts like we are trash and and but to to 
declassify me as an addict and classify me as whatever that was, professional garbologist. substance use disorder, you would be... It takes too long. That takes too long. Opioid use disorder. That takes way too long. Well, they call it SUD. Okay, so now I'm sudsy. All right? (laughs) So... If they take if they take somebody who is a productive member of society and label them something other than what they really are, then what does that do? That only clouds what it is that what my message is. Well, but I'm a, no, I'm a no, recovering no, addict. A so no, no, hang on, hang no, on. I'm listen. a recovering addict, right? So if you look at me, you say, "Well, I don't get it." So that must mean that whatever he's doing is working, right? People that that knew me before when I was homeless, helpless, and loveless see what I'm doing and they go, whatever he's doing is working. So um, that re- the recovery process that he is using is working. Whatever, whatever the program is that he's using is working. Um, but to all of a sudden muddy the water or, 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 you know, spank the baby and say, oh, well, now we're going to be called substance use disorder. disorder. It, it just kind of takes away from what it is that the people, you know what I mean? Go ahead. Well, but, but if it is keeping people from seeing it as the brain disorder that it has been scientifically defined to be, then why not? Instead of saying substance abuse or dependence, say it's a substance use disorder, then that makes you think brain disorder. They also say don't say drug addict, drug abuser, junkie, or druggie. Say well, individual no. with a substance use well, disorder. Well, no, I get, I, get, I get the, you know, junkie and all of that stuff because those are negative connotations that we internalize <clears throat> when we don't feel good about ourselves right somebody I, I wouldn't I wouldn't allow somebody to call me a, maybe I would have when uh, when I was active because that was a moniker that I could use to get what I wanted right here comes the junkie yeah okay but today I wouldn't allow that to be a word that I use or I wouldn't use it against myself unless I was feeling very very less than so to tell me after 28 years that now I have to change my <laughs> yes. thought process yes. and call myself something different. No, when I was a kid, I was a garbage man. Now I'm a professional garbologist. No, it doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? I'm an addict. I'm not whatever. And, and, and that I, I get it, but it's not for the individual. Why are you telling me how to clarify my and classify myself? That's wrong. Well, and I don't. I I'm not saying do you. not think that, I'm, think I'm not that this terminology you. is going to make the other terminology go away, but it will now be used for billing. It will now be used for the medical records of every person with substance that's, use disorder who was treated. That's fine. That's fine. But you leave the word you leave the word in that medical connotation. You don't you don't um, you know pat grammar on the ass and say okay your boy isn't an addict anymore he's a he's a substance he's a person with substance he's a sudsy yeah he's a sudsy <laughs> right no that no it doesn't work that way because well, what happens is is that as soon as as soon as my disease finds a little way to get around. If I'm not calling myself an addict anymore, my disease is going to find its way around to justify getting back into my head in a negative way. But I, again, I think the idea is, and I'm not saying that I'm for this or against it. I don't like terminology changes. Was well, that a recovered addict that uh, 
Did it that? was the daughter Probably of a not. recovering addict. A daughter of a recovering yeah. addict. Don't okay, was it the recovering addict yourself? Yeah. No. So, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Um, but but we're trying to make this something that we. Who's we? Well, the, the general. Everybody pop- but the addicts themselves. Well, true. Yeah. Yeah. We. Everybody trying to help the addicts who well, who is uh, as a person looking in sees the stigma that's attached to the label that you're given. Rather than, and there are still a lot of people who say it is not a disease; it is a choice. Poll. I um. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna put a poll on 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 uh, the the Miracles and Recovery Facebook. Oh, that's a great site, idea. Right. And I want addicts only to respond. I know that's not going to happen, but I want addicts only to respond. Would you rather be called something other than an addict? No. I can would you rather be you. labeled a person and, with and, substance and use why disorder are you or trying, or, no, but why are you, this we that you speak of, I mean, I'm not speaking uh, yeah, to no. you, but why is the general public trying to put like this white glossy, it's not, this is, this is death. Because I think Let there the are addicts so call many themselves people what who, they want to be. Who don't go to treatment because they are so, they've been so shamed, they have been so beaten down because of this label. That's the idea behind this. But here's something that I thought was kind of interesting. They say, you you say you're in recovery or in remission. You have a disease that is in remission. And if you think about it, that's mm-hmm. really true. You do. You're still... Well, yeah. I mean, I guess you could, you know, play on addict. words. You still have substance use play disorder, on words. but you you're not active yeah. in your disease, so you are in remission. Technically, yeah, because if, you, if you're throwing it, if you're throwing it medically in the same category as cancer or and diabetes or all of do. those other things, that's what those people are trying to do. Uh, you know, I have no problem saying I'm an addict. I have no problem saying I'm recovery. I have no problem saying I'm even in remission because if people... I had a big problem problem when I first got clean about the word disease. Yeah. Until I had to embrace dis-ease, right? Because I wasn't I didn't feel easy about all of the stuff that was coming at me. I was I was in a diseased state and then I slowly just morphed it into disease. So I'm okay with that. I get it. About about funding and I get I get it. Uh, so remission, that's a word that I can embrace. But when you're trying to set an addict up for failure by not allowing them to embrace what it is that they are, what, what they're not they're not subs they're not I'd say that again. Substance use disorder. Okay, substance use disorder. So so while I'm out there active, what am I? Am I a heroin substance use disorder? You're an opioid use. Yeah, you have opioid use disorder. I have the opioid. Yeah, I have. Yes. Okay. That d- you have a diagnosis of opioid use disorder. If you were an alcoholic, no, you would have a No, I don't. I'm a, I'm a heroin disorder. addict. Well, it's an opioid. I'm an, op- I'm an opioid addict. Yeah, so, so you would have opioid use disorder or in somebody In somebody else's mind that has no experience with that whatsoever. True. It would be, a, you know, a medical person who's probably, probably may or may never, not have it, but probably yeah, doesn't. Probably ne- the person who started this probably never had. No, it was, any, it was the American Psychiatric Association when they were doing DSM five. And these are the, the guys that pump pills into you, like. Yes. So they definitely are, yeah. they, but they do say you're going to love this one. You don't say that you're clean anymore. You say you're in remission. It, you, you know, it's it, 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 
Why are we trying to reinvent the wheel in 2017? Well, <laughs> we need to worry about the people that are out there active. We need to worry about the people that are out there dying. We need to worry about the people that are out I there agree. doing this friggin' fentanyl and 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 crocodile, crocodile and all that and crap. All and we're worried about thing. calling something a substance abuse disorder. Stop it. No substance use. You don't use I, the I don't, yeah, Whatever it is, I stop it. <laughs> Because because we're skirting around what the real issue is. There's people dying out there, and changing the title isn't doing any for anything for anyone. You know, I, it just it, it it blows my mind that you know for all of these years it was okay, and then now all of a sudden somebody steps up and goes, "Well, we well, need you know to why. tweak it a little bit." No, stop it. It's hit the middle class, and the middle class wants help. And the middle class is willing to make a, a, a lot of noise trying to get help. But I don't think the middle class really cares if they're called addicts or not. No, I don't think they do that has not, that All of that crap has nothing to do. My, my, family, my family will gladly say that I'm a recovering addict. They'll, will they say I'm in remission? They would probably, you know, chuckle that. Yeah. But, I, 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 but if you think about <clears> it, it's really kind of true. That's well, no. I, like. I mean, if you if you embrace the disease concept, then yes, I am in remission. Um, but I really, but, you know, to get treatment paid for, it has to be a disease. To get people no, get to it. look at it differently, it. it has to be a disease. It has to be. I get it. So, and if you had a drink or two, what would happen? I wouldn't be in remission anymore, I guess, right? <laughs> so, but I mean, would it send you back down, you know, the dark tunnel again? Of course it would. So it, how I is wouldn't, that not I wouldn't a disease? Even, it, my, my disease doesn't allow me to have a drink or two. Right. So how is that not a disease? How could somebody think it's anything other than a disease? Because I can have one drink and not have another one for two years oh, and not even I'm, think well, about I'm not, it. Well, I'm not arguing if it's a disease or not. I said I, said I, I gave up on that many years ago. What, what I'm arguing is why someone who has no um, – I would never tell somebody how to go about painting a bridge. I've never done it. No, no, you need to start at the east end. You need to start at the south end. I would never tell anybody how to do that because I've never done it. Can I, can I erect a communications tower? Absolutely, I know how to do that. Could you tell me how to do that? No, you couldn't. So how can you tell me to be uh, a word or verbiage that I have learned through the, you know, and I'm okay with, with anyone who wants to step out and say they have substance use disorder, that's awesome. I'll sit right next to them and I'll champion them along in what they're doing. My disease allows me to call myself an addict. And if I don't, I'm lying to myself because that's what I've learned how to keep myself at bay. So for a think tank to come out with this new, all these new parameters, all shoulda, coulda, wouldas, you're only keeping people out on the street longer because you're allowing them the opportunity to manipulate the individual that's changing the words on them. Bottom line. That's a very interesting point, and I don't think anybody thought of that because the idea behind this was to do exactly what you said, get them off the street quicker. Mm-hmm. But instead, the disease wins again because it can manipulate, and it does. That's one of the, the hallmarks, in my opinion, is the, the, the 
way that you guys can use manipulation to. Oh yeah, that's that's all it's about. Yeah, and, and it's not even and then, you it, know, like you say. Everybody, every drug. addict, every addict turns into the same individual. They do. So like that must mean that every individual looking in turns into the same type of individual as well. Well, in some ways we do. Right. In so, some ways we do. So. That group of people are uncomfortable with what they're seeing, so they want to like change it just a little bit to be more a little bit more acceptable so that you can go to the supermarket and say, my son or daughter is suffering from substance use disorder, not she's a heroin addict. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, I all I know because is that it, the disease is the same no matter what you call it. But someone's so then why change of, it? Because I don't want the neighbor next door to have the perception that they're it's still not a gonna, disease and that it's a choice. It's they're not. still, but they're still going to transfer it into Johnny's a junkie. Still, because that's the that's well, that, the message. And I think that's what people are trying to fight, though. You know, because because <laughs> addicts, junkies, whatever you want to call. Why don't you Why don't you champion the cause cause instead of a fight a fight in the stigma? You know what I mean? Well, the stigma is part of championing the cause, getting rid of the stigma to get more people into treatment quicker. There's to get more, you know, to get the funding, to get the government to turn loose of it, to have people who are taxpayers not saying, "I don't want to spend my money," you know, not is. having Narcan. There in a, is in more a county because available. they don't want to they don't want to save the junkies anymore. And There's, we have yeah, that so, situation. Okay. So they don't want to save the addicts. So if we call them substance use disorders, they're gonna No, they're not gonna oh, that 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 it's just guys trying, you know, idiot. it's a way to tweak the perception, yeah. I think. And, you um, know, and again I'm not I'm not there saying is I'm more it. treatment available than addicts willing to go. So how is it going to make it more readily available when the individuals that need it don't have the willingness to go. So changing all the verbiage, you know, something happened in this world and and we got like very, very soft. The bottom line is, is that I'm an addict and today's a good day to get high and I'm 28 years clean. And if I use anything other than the structure that I have in front of me, I'm jeopardizing my ability to take the tools that I have and use them properly. If you uh, would like to share your experience, strength, or hope with this, please give us a call at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Did you know that nearly a third of Americans have made us the number one country in obesity rates in the world? It's true. It's time for Right Choices. Tune in every week for the show that aims to make you healthier. You don't need a lot of time, money, or even need to travel far. Host Dietrich Wright will show you what you can do easily to be more fit, healthier, have more energy, and live a better life overall. Be sure to make us a part of your weekend every Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. 
Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually, as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune into Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back, everyone. My mind is a little mush after uh, <laughs> the, the segment before. So, Ellen, will you read that? Yes, I will. If you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show, please send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. We will send you an information packet on how to schedule a time for you to be on the show so we can focus on what you have to bring to the recovery community. And visit our website miraclesinrecovery.org that's miraclesinrecovery.org and like Alan said the show email address is ray at miraclesinrecovery.org if you would like send an email uh, suggesting upcoming shows we can hopefully book you if you want to come on and uh, share a little of your experience it's always great to speak to someone else Um, I was looking at something I have a printout here from an author that uh, AA not the only way I mean we were talking about calling each other's addicts and alcoholics or substance abuse substance use disorder (laughs) at least you got that Um, yeah (laughs) Uh, that'll probably never come out of my mouth. But the name of this book is uh, AA, Not the Only Way. And a lot of it is is about um, trying to mold an individual into a, trying to put a square peg into a round hole. Every person is different. Granted, like you say, we all turn into the same evil 
being at the end of the road, but well, not evil. I just well, think the I'm just using that word. Toward, I'm just yeah. Well, we were trying to get away from that. Well, no, I'm not trying to get away from anything. <laughs> I'm embracing what I am, and I was evil. So, <laughs> um, I wasn't like the same. I wasn't like the 33 people that were in detox with me the last time. Um, there were a lot of similarities, but I am sure that when someone came in and spoke to us there were 33 different messages heard, Mm -hmm. right? So when you go to a program and you say, you want what we have, do what we do, that kind of gives a clouded message too because an individual sees like I see something different than you would see, different something that, that Susie would see, different something that Johnny would see. So it gives kind of a clouded message. And a lot of the, there was something in here that said, um, you, di- you didn't go to enough meetings. You didn't pray to your higher power. You know you did something wrong or else you would still be sober. See, those are messages right. that you hear. Right. Those are wrong messages. Because um, just, just to share, we, I have a, a friend of mine who lives on the West Coast. And actually, Rick lives down here now, too. He was, he was riding out the storm with, with this guy that I'm oh, talking really? about. Yeah. And um, he kept going back out. Right. And one of, my, one of my friends, one of the people that, that I hung around with since I was a kid, used to get angry. And Rick would say, just welcome him back. Mm-hmm. Just welcome him back. And it took countless times to welcome him back. What would happen to me or to anyone if I, God forbid, went back out and I came back and knocked on the door and said, hey, I need help. And I got yelled at. And You'd that's what happened. You'd probably say, see ya, I'm going to keep doing it. It happened to him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It Quite really often. And, so, and that's that's part of that shaming thing again, too. But I think that it's human nature to do that. I think it's human nature to to have I'm better than you because I got this and I can, you know, I'm doing it and you didn't. You failed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's labeling somebody a failure. I actually read that article, too. Somebody sent it to me. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing that I'm I I'm going to try to get her on. I, I, I reached out to her and she said she'd gladly come on. So I, I'd love to be able that to would be, talk yeah, to her for a while. She actually researched different, yeah. different ways of... But it does make sense. If you if you're packaging something for the masses, then you know that there will be a lot of failure that comes with it. So now maybe, like in the other segment, we were talking about people that don't want to go into treatment. Maybe they've had an experience and it turned out to be a worse experience mm-hmm. than the uncomfortable feeling that they feel now. Well, one of the things that, that I keep reading, and this is pretty recently you know it was always tough love you know throw them out turn your back yeah. let them fail let them fall if they you know if they don't die good if they do well, oh well um and now there's there's more of a, a movement toward treat them with kindness and treat them with compassion and i don't know you know i'd That's love to get like your take on that though, right yeah you know, I, I know some people in AA and NA that are real hard line, you know, do this, do this, do this. And then there are some that are more compassionate. And, and I think maybe it just depends on the person. Some people may need tough love. I'm not very good at it. 
Yeah, no, I know. I, I remember people asking me to sponsor them, and you know, a couple of weeks into it, they're like, "Well, why aren't you yelling at me?" That's not what I do. Right. You know, this is a. The, you know, it has been proven to me that. Um, I balk at authority. Mm-hmm. So why am I going to be authoritative to you if there's something that I don't like? You know, so um, it was it was shown to me in a different way, and I tried to show it in a compassionate way. I mean, granted, I don't necessarily know if there was somebody that was actively using in my house, if I would be as compassionate as I am with the next-door neighbor that's trying to get clean. But Well, you are a Marine. Well, well yeah, but I, I'm just saying that, you know, the, the, you know there is... Do do as I say is kind of, it falls on deaf ear with me, so why would I try to do that yeah. with somebody and else? I, I think the part of the, the, one of the hallmarks of many, you know, we're talking about manipulation, but also I think that people balking at authority is one of the symptoms of the disease or right. one of the things that that really comes across, you know. I have a friend who is homeless, and it is because he cannot deal with any kind of authority. He'd rather live on the streets than have to do what people say. That's fair. I, I can understand yeah. that. Yeah. And, you know, he, I have told him, mm-hmm. if you are ever ready, let me know, and I will get you into treatment, and I will. Right. You think he's asked me? Yeah, but no, but you can't go chasing after him saying, no, you're going to get not. in the car, I got a bed for you, you're going to get in the car, I got a bed. No, you can't. Because you I just know have what to let would live. Yeah. I know exactly what he would yeah. either leave or yep. he might stay a few days and take showers and do whatever. But Eat a little bit of food and scram. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't want to work full time. He doesn't want to support himself. He would rather live by his wits on the street. Mm-hmm. And he's now, doing that relatively successfully. Now, sadly, the email people would look at that as something that they would need to embrace and force. And because, you, you know you what I mean? And yeah, then you, you can't. You can't. No, you can't. It, and it, it is very frustrating. And well, I'm sure it even frustrates you at this right. point because you tr- you've tried to help so many people. And, and like we were talking during the break, if they aren't willing, mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen. I can say that if someone else tried to work their recovery like mine, they may fail. If I tried to work my recovery like anybody else's, I may fail as well because it's, it's, it's an understanding. Like, like I said, you have an understanding from the other side of the fence, but while we're all corralled in this little thing called recovery, we, are all, we all have a different understanding. When, you hear, when I heard the word God at first, I thought of Sister Mary Nathan, which was an evil woman in my life because she (laughs) used to chase me around with a ruler. So my understanding sitting next to somebody else isn't always the same. So a tailor-made program for the masses doesn't always work. And I think that's why, you know, there's a lot of failure within the halls of recovery. Well, and it's not, you know, that type of 12-step recovery is, you know, it's just people. It's not Mm -hmm. professionals. It's not credentialed people running, you know, meetings and stuff like that. It it is people sharing their experience, strength, and hope. And and it's a brilliant concept, and it does work for millions of people. But apparently, the failure rate's pretty high. I'm willing to bet that if you took, you know, like you said, the, the, the people... 
probably have a better the street level understanding of where I came from, where you came from, where we're trying to go, they probably have a better success rate than the professionals. The professionals that I dealt with, none of them were addicts or alcoholics. Yeah, they One of them understand. was. One of them was. I had a therapist that was. And he, he you know, I remember... I was in a uh, place called Harmony House, and it was it was April, May. It was like June-ish, and the windows started coming open back home up north because it was getting yeah, warmer. Getting warm. And I remember him saying that he was 17 years sober, and he could smell the beer in the air. Now, that was just the smell, that old yeah. common smell that he would smell while he was actively drinking, that the fresh spring air. And I couldn't relate Mm -hmm. until I got a little bit of clean time. And then I started getting the understanding that today's a good day to get high. And that's all he was sharing with me. Today was a good day to drink. Yeah. You know, and, and all of these little things are in place to remind me that today's a good day to drink. Today's a good day to get high. Um, The professionals don't know that. They don't know all the little intricacies that we deal with, all the little manipulations. They may see it on a grand scale of, you know, oh, there, there goes that individual again. I've seen that. I've seen well, that behavior before. And you, you before. know what behaviors to expect. Yeah, so I've seen that behavior really before, but it may not be the same stimulus that acted out, right. that act, that made my behavior. And happen they're not going to take the time to no. look at that. No. So, um, you know, we're not going to cure the world in 58 minutes, I think is what we really have here. And we only have like three left that went quick, but, um, you know, I think it's constant vigilance and that's why I like to key this mic up Mondays at eight o'clock because it's constant vigilance and, and we're sharing a little bit of our hope and in our experience or understanding of, of what this whole thing is. And I'm not telling anyone out there, who is listening that is struggling to not listen to the professionals because they do have educated um, literature. They have educated voices. They just may not have the street level awareness of where you are. So find someone who has been where you are. You can always find someone, go to a meeting, go somewhere, reach out, go on Facebook, say help. There's plenty of groups out there, you know, and just say, I have a problem, you know, and you don't have to say whatever that is. I'm I'm sudsy today, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just just reach out and say help. And there will be someone who responds. And that individual who probably responds first is an individual that has been in your shoes. And that individual that has been in your shoes has a little bit of an understanding of where you've been. Has a little bit of a a, a less judgmental um, outlook on what it is that you're doing. Not always, but a little less judgmental outlook on what you're doing. Reach out to me. uh, Send me a message on on Miracles and Recovery Facebook. I know plenty of people who are in recovery and in one way or another, in one aspect, in one program or another. Uh, And I will make sure that I point you in the right direction. We have less than a minute left, Ellen. So if you want to say anything. Well, I would just, as as a family member who, I am also a member of a 12-step program. And it has helped me immensely to understand the disease and to work on 
the contributions that I made toward, you know, making my entire family sick because this does affect the entire family. Okay, and with that, I think we're going to have to call it a wrap for the evening. This has been a very um, awakening show for me anyway. I was kind of sleepy, and now I'm wide awake. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I hope it doesn't no, keep you up all no, night. No, that, that's okay. That's okay. And now remember, with Miracles in Recovery, hope, hope is, is in, in your, your corner. corner. Have a good night, everyone. Good night. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.